Good evening. Oh, come on now. You can be better than that. I mean, it's nine degrees outside, so I know you ain't didn't come to church today. There you go. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, we're so glad you're here tonight to worship with us. Uh, one of our visitors asked, uh, um, you know, how long does this usually take? I said, this is like a New Year's Eve service. We start early and we don't end until midnight. Just kidding. 12 all one. Well, we're so glad you're here tonight and that you've come to worship with us. I know it's cold outside. It's been extremely cold uh, the, today. And, uh, so we, we've got the building nice and warm and it's warm fellowship in here tonight. So we're glad you've come to join with us. Let me just uh, remind you as well, uh, tomorrow morning, Christmas morning, is Sunday morning. Uh, so we hope that you will celebrate the Lord with us or somewhere tomorrow. Um, and we will be having church service here at 10.30. For those of you that are looking for a place and need of a place to come worship, we will be here at 10.30 in the morning to uh, share a time of worship as well. So we're glad you're here tonight, and we want to just invite the Lord to come and be with us tonight. So would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we come before you tonight thanking you for the privilege of being in your house. Lord, as we come this Christmas Eve, a special time uh, for me, each and every year, a time when we uh, slow down from the busyness of the day and the busyness of getting ready for Christmas, it reminds us that Advent is all about waiting, preparing, looking. And Lord, we come tonight seeking, looking, looking for you, looking for peace, looking for love, looking for hope, looking for joy. And we know that it is found in the very gift that God himself has given to us. It's all wrapped up in the baby called Jesus. And Lord, we're thankful for tonight that as we talk about him, as we remind ourselves that Christmas is more than Santa Claus and Christmas presents and Christmas trees. It's about the greatest gift that God has given to humanity. The gift of reuniting fellowship with him. And it is about the sacrifice that our Savior did for us so that we might have life and have an eternity. So Lord, tonight as we come to worship, we come to sing songs, we come to hear, and we come to participate. We ask the Holy Spirit that you would just have your way and will in this service and that Lord, as we move through every aspect of it, all the way through, even through the time of just lighting candles and singing a Christmas carol. We pray that everything that we do would honor, glorify, exalt the name of our Savior. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Let's rise to our feet and we'll begin with our first song.
unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. As the Bible tells us that these are the names in which God himself had appointed unto us to know of his Son. When you and I think of the, the baby in the manger, we think of the fact that the angel told Joseph to name the child Jesus. But long before that, God had reminded us Jesus was going to be more than just a babe in the manger. He was going to be more than just a salvation of the world. The reality is that the same Savior who uh, came into this world in a manger will one day come back as the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. And all of these things that Isaiah has said about him shall be pinned upon him, and he shall have authority and reign forever and ever. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Am I the only one that doesn't hear music? That'd be a good. are brightly shining it is the night of the dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the world felt its
His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chain shall He break, for the slave is our brother, and in His name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns are census should be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governing Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven... The shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. 
was the Word, and then the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Nothing was made without Him. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. The whole world is made through him, except the world doesn't recognize him. But there are others who do believe in him. They run to him from the fields and journey from far away, carrying only hope and curiosity. They didn't know where the road would lead, or what others would think of them. But they believe in his name. And to these, he gives the right to become children of God. The word became human, and he made his home among us. So we could see his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. God made known to us, not on a throne of power, but in a cradle of peace. Emmanuel, God with us.
be seated. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'm going to ask you to just kind of follow along. We're going to be looking at a couple of different scripture passages tonight. Uh, one found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And then in John's Gospel, in chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Tonight I wanted to share a Christmas message that reaches beyond that of just Christmas. I wanted to share a message to remind us that Jesus coming as a babe in a manger was a gift from God. But it was a gift with a purpose, a gift with a meaning, a gift that had a plan. So I want to talk to you tonight about a couple of gifts that have been given. The gifts of Christmas. We all know that Christmas is a time of giving. This time of year, just like every year, millions of people, both children and adults, will open millions of gifts. Some won't fit. Some will be the wrong color. Many will be returned or exchanged. But there's one gift that was given that meets everyone's needs. One gift that will never wear out, never break, never need repairing. A gift that is appropriate for small children, for a teenager, for an adult, for a senior adult. For a boy or a girl, for a man or a woman, it makes no difference. The gift we all need, the most valuable gift of all, is that of Jesus Christ, God's one that this whole season is all about. On Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God gave the gift of his only son. Jesus Christ is God's gift to us. So that through faith in him that we could have forgiveness of sins and that we could have the promise John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, though there, so, so that he should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the ultimate gift. And I want to look at three gifts that tell us why he is the ultimate gift of Christmas. First of all, in John's Gospel, if you want to look over there with me, in John chapter 1, in verses 6 through 14, we find the gift from God. God gave this gift. And, and what does John's Gospel tell us about this gift? Listen as I read. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. 
He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Which was born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We have all observed little children who get a present and, and they tear through the wrapping paper quickly trying to find out what is inside. The box is opened and then as they see the present, their eyes light up as any child would. After playing with the gift for a few moments, their attention seems to shift to that of the box. And then of the colorful wrapping paper. We are oftentimes amused to see that they become more amazed with the box and the wrapping paper than they do the gift oftentimes. We may even laugh. But we often do the same thing at Christmas time. We get caught up with the boxes and the colorful wrapping paper and we miss the greatest gift that God has given. We celebrate Christmas with all of our gusto, but our attention is oftentimes given more to that of the wrappings of Christmas than of the actual gift of I'm not talking about gifts that we spend hours buying or exchanging at Christmas. I'm referring to that of the greatest gift, the gift of God's own Son, which is what Christmas truly celebrates. Jesus is God's unique gift to us. He is, after all, the one and the only. He is God's indescribable gift to us. Nothing that we give or receive at Christmas time can even begin to match the gift that God has given unto us. He truly pitched his tent among us, Emmanuel, God with us. And he came as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Tragically, God's gift was not well received. The world did not recognize him, and his own did not receive him. Yet the promise remains that all who receive God's gift would become children of God. John's gospel points us to the gift of Christmas. Without any distinctions or sentimental feelings, there is just the gift. No packaging, no wrapping, not embellished with cultural or popular practices. So that we do not miss the gift that is exchanged to us. Today, we all face the danger of getting caught up in all of the wrappings of Christmas. In all the culture and the sentimental feelings that serve to turn our attentions away from the one true gift of Christmas. May I remind you on this Christmas Eve to not forget to make the little child who was born in the manger the center of all that we celebrate at Christmas. Do not ignore the gift that God has given to us for the wrapping paper of this world. 
Rather, may we receive into our hearts the vast and essential gift of Christmas from our Father in heaven. That is the best thing that can happen at Christmas. So as we dwell upon the gift of Christmas, let us be reminded that the greatest gift was Jesus himself. And then in Matthew's Gospel tonight, I wanted to point you to the very reality that the, the gifts of Christmas are found in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 2 in verses 1 through 12. And in Matthew's Gospel we read, But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophets. And thou, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, art thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor, and shall rule my people, Israel. And Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently that they, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I want us just to focus just for a few moments on the very three gifts that the Magi brought to the young child Jesus. And I want us to see the importance of each and every one of these gifts and, and the fact that God had intended for these gifts to show us even tonight, who is the baby in the manger? And what is his purpose? And what was God's plan for him? First, we find the first gift was a gift of gold. Gold is for a king. Gold is obvious. It's been the store of value for thousands of years. It's rare and difficult to accumulate. It's easy to work into shapes and, or, or to, to make into fine, very thin sheets. It doesn't rust. It doesn't corrode. All of these recommended in a, in a store of value and it's used for uh, all over the Old Testament. Throughout the books of the Bible, we find that God used gold to, to use it to, uh, to plate uh, the Ark of the Covenant to um, 
make vessels to fill the sanctuary so they would glisten and glimmer. Thus, when the Magi brought gold to honor the baby Jesus, they were proclaiming him to be king. But more than that, they were proclaiming him to be the ultimate king. In their Eastern tradition, they had said that he was king of kings. He wasn't like any other worldly king. He wasn't like any other uh, uh, high official. To them, this gift represented that he would be the king of kings for all of eternity. For them, it was a reminder that God had sent something special to the earth. Someone who would, would take on the very characteristics that Isaiah chapter 9 tells us about. The second gift, frankincense. Frankincense was a gift to represent the high priest. The high priest of Israel burned incense in the temple on the day of atonement. Therefore, when the Magi brought in frankincense to, to Jesus, they proclaimed to him that he was the high priest. The importance of the second gift is difficult to overstate. In the Old Testament tradition, the king came from the tribe of Judah, while the priests came from the tribe of Levi. Thus the two powers were to be kept separate. But yet, in the birth of Jesus, these two important powers now had become one combined together, and their presence of these two gifts together foreshadowed Jesus' role as both king and priest for all people. The Bible tells us that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It is a reminder for all of us that, that we need to be reminded that He is not only King, He is not only the authority over us, He's not only the Creator of all that is and ever will be, but He is the priest who intercedes on our behalf. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that, that after Jesus fulfilled His role here on earth, that He ascended back up into heaven and He is seated at the right hand of the Father as a high priest interceding for you and me every day. Jesus, who is the King and the priest, had yet a third gift to receive that day. And it tells another story. For the last gift that we find in this text is that it was the gift of myrrh. And myrrh was the representation for sacrifice. The last gift of the Magi, myrrh is the most solemn of all gifts, but no less prophetic. And embalming oil, myrrh symbolized that Christ's mortality as a man. Imagine bringing a gift to the Messiah, proclaiming of his suffering and his death. With this last gift, the Magi proclaimed that all three powers God had ordained in the Old Testament 
come together in the birth and the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And that his life would fulfill the fulfillment of God's plan. Gold proclaimed him as king. The one who would rule over his people, Israel. And indeed, the whole of creation forever and ever. Frankincense announced that he would be our high priest, interceding and intervening with God daily for us. As he himself sits upon the throne. And he represents us, offering prayers and intercession Finally, myrrh, that solemn of solemn gifts, reveals to us that the king and the priest, God forever, was somehow a mortal man who would serve as our prophet, a man who would die in the place of all people. I told you that story of these three gifts for a purpose tonight. Because tonight, in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion together. And communion is an important time for us. Because it is a time for us to remember. The three gifts that the Magi brought all point to the very reality of what we celebrate when we come to the communion table together. It reminds us that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, our High Priest who intercedes for us, took upon himself the suffering of all of humanity, your sin and mine, the innocence of a child in a, in a manger has the foreshadowing of the cross, the cross that represents the very death that he would die for you and for me, a death that you and I deserved, a death that he did not deserve, a death that he paid that he did not owe, a debt that we owed that we could never pay. Jesus did that for us. When we celebrate Christmas, yes, it's always wonderful to look at the baby in the manger and say, oh, how sweet he is. And oh, by the way, let me just show you how sweet he is. You see, when we pick up the baby in the manger, we think, oh, how sweet. And he was. But that baby in the manger, that sweet, innocent child, he came with a purpose. He came with a plan. He came to die for you and for me. So though it's all so cute to think of Jesus as the baby in the manger, but we must remember the baby in the manger grew up to be a man who died on a cross. The star in the background reminds us that God wanted every one of us, every one of us to find him. The star was given so that those who would seek him could find him. And tonight, the Lord is saying on this very Christmas Eve, if you're seeking Him, He can be found. If you're looking for hope, hope is in the cradle 
that comes from the cross. If you're looking for love, there's no greater example of love than when Jesus was asked, how much do you love the world? He stretched out His arms and He died for us. If you're looking for peace, Jesus reminds us that my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. He, he doesn't yank it back and forth from us. My peace I give unto you, and that peace is that I have given you forgiveness for your sins. The peace of God is knowing that the, the horrendousness of my sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And my broken life is made whole because He allowed His body to be broken for me. If you're looking for joy, you won't find it in this world. But I can promise you, you will find it in Jesus. You know, the word joy has a wonderful acronym. Jesus, others, and you. When we put Jesus first, others second, and then ourselves, my friends, that's when we experience the true joy of Christ. Advent is about waiting. It's about looking. It's about the gifts of Christmas. The gift of Christmas that we have come to celebrate tonight is a gift that God himself has given to each and every Remembering who Jesus is is what he and what he has done for us is what Christmas is truly all about. Because he is the true gift of Christmas. Tonight, in just a few moments after Carolyn sings, Josh and I are going to come to the front of the room and Josh is going to stand over here and I'm going to stand over here. And we're going to ask you to do this. We want you to come as a family. If you're here with your family tonight we, and, and you're sitting on this side, you'll come up to Josh, one family at a time. Over here, you'll come up to me, one family at a time. But if you're here tonight and you look around and you see that there's a visitor all alone, would you just turn around and invite him into your family and ask him to come share communion with you today? Young people, if you're sitting apart from your parents, please come with your parents. When they come up, come with them to whatever side they're sitting on. We want this time of communion to be a time when it just speaks to your heart. As a reminder, the gift of Christmas is Christ. The gifts of the Magi were to show us who Christ is. And when we take communion tonight, let that be a reminder to us that his body was broken for us, his blood was spilt for us, so that we could be made whole and that our sins could be forgiven. And let us worship him for who he is and for what he's done for us. Carolyn, if you would come, share your wonderful song.
journeyed far, a weary pair. They sought for shelter from the cold night air, some place where she could lay her head, where she could give her babe a quiet bed. Was there no room, no shelter there? In all the town a spot someone could spare. Was there no soul come to their aid? A stable there was where the family stayed. Do you have room for the Savior? And do you seek Him? Would you have come that night? Would you have sought the light? Do you have room?
afternoon work to the center. If you're sitting with your family, as we call your row, as you come to that row, please step forward and come and join us. If you want to invite another family with you to come, that's fine. Uh, we want you to come and, and share this time together with those whom you love to be with. All right? So with that in mind, as you're waiting, please just think upon the things of the Lord. Sound room, I forgot to ask you if you can find some music real quick to play. Unexpected, would you believe after all we've projected? A child in a manger, lonely and small, the weakest of all, unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl. Just a child, is this who we've waited for? Cause how many? Step down from their thrones How many lords have abandoned their homes How many greats have become the least for me And how many gods have poured out their hearts To romance a world that has torn all apart How many fathers gave up their sons for me
again here in darkness, stuck in our brokenness, wandering, directionless, in need of a grace we knew nothing about. It's not much of a beginning, but this is where we were. Fast forward to a starry night in Bethlehem. You see, while we were lost in darkness, God was consumed by love. A love which led him to do the unimaginable. A love which would cost him his son. That night, the heart of Christmas began beating with a rhythm that would change the world. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, was born. Grace in a manger. Love in the flesh. Hope had overcome hopelessness. Mercy had triumphed over brokenness. And love had overpowered the darkness. Today, we celebrate that moment. We worship our Messiah. And we stand in awe of the life-changing gift God has given us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, the true heart of Christmas.
service of the end of our service is the candlelight part of it and then getting to sing one of my favorite songs um, Away in a Manger it's one of those songs that we have learned over the years and I want you to sing it not uh, as an angelic choir but as humble people remembering tonight what the Savior did for us, what God's greatest gift was, and it is His Son. So let's sing it together. Huh?